you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for The Everyday Guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. The Around the League podcast tries to live up to the gold standard. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the League podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with some heroes, Mark Sessler and Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys? How are you, buddy? Welcome back. What's happening? Nice weekend. This was the training weekend that I here. told my wife, training camp is here, as Dan just said. I will not see you until roughly mid-February. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to put it. I like say, that. Say hello to the boys for me. Did you <laughs> even say goodbye to them, or are you just... You know, you have. It is easier to just whisk yourself out the door. <laughs> Mark, just leave. Mark is alluding to the fact that training camp has begun. The Bills reported Friday. Now everybody else is reporting today and this week, and we are in the swing of things. And as we said last week, we're back to three times a week, so we will be doing a show this week, Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So you're going to get plenty of NFL high octane content all year. Uh, we're very excited. It's fun. Fun to do the podcast, so we're happy to do it. We started doing some, you know, TD and I were talking about some planning for the season, hubba, our hubba. Sunday night shows, and our Thursday preview shows, and all sorts of stuff we've got cooked up for you. Yeah, so get excited. Uh, we're excited. We're getting ready to kick into training camp. we got a great show today. Uh, we are going to – Chris Wessling's still out. Actually, back in the uh, office sense, he's he's working remotely from Cincinnati this week after his vacation. He'll be back in person next week, but we're going to get him on the phone today and talk to him, catch up with him, see if, you know, first, he's still alive. That's important to check in. Is he still setting it? We'll check in on that. Just all these different things, and then we'll talk a little football with him as well. Does that sound like a good idea, Mark? Yeah, I think the first two points are especially salient. We we have no concept of where he is. Right. Well, if he's not alive, I feel like we probably shouldn't even try to talk football with him. Did we just drop sentient and salient <laughs> in back-to-back? Uh, what does sentient mean? I don't even know. Yeah, I think like, he means sentient. 
Sentient? Yeah. That, like, is sentient, a living, a true, uh, genuine mm. being? All right, whatever. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. Um, and we're going to do news, as we always do, and I just want to say hi to TD. How you doing, buddy? What's going on, guys? How you guys doing? Doing great. How are you? Doing all right. Fun weekend. Played a lot of sports, but... Uh, we did. <laughs> Buddy's fact, a little bit sore right now, but... Uh, we did. In fact, yes, on you Sunday morning, together. TD and I, with uh, as well as a collection of other NFL media uh, <laughs> comrades... Hit the the hard court and played some basketball. What? Yeah. Why are you so surprised? To I this? well, I don't know. Should I? TDA, who saw me raining long range <laughs> shots out on the court next to NFL Network, I have a schoolyard three point percentage shooting percentage career that dates back to the late eighties. It's stunning. Yeah. Do I get a call? Doesn't sound real. Oh. Guys are getting together and playing basketball. Well, oh, you weren't looped in. You're the percentage of your shots. Going in is high, but if you take away ones that go off the backboard first, uh, it gets. You're much a big lower. glass guy. You're a big glass Look, from straight away. I'm a technician. <laughs> but let's stick. To, let's see the people that were on the court. And you're invited, you know, going forward. Yeah, post, you know, yeah. after the fact. Yeah. Sure. I didn't hear anything about it, it either. But I get it. As you know, as the boss, eh, no one wants. It's not going to be as fun. Okay, <laughs> I get it. See, I knew. I didn't organize this, by the way. TD, who calls himself Young Kobe. Uh, going dating back to his days in Nigeria and uh, Atlanta, calls himself Young Kobe, and I will say, I was a teammate with TD, and TD carried us the two wins mm. just based on his uh, dynamic athleticism. Well, that's a stretch. I, you know, I was never the most athletic type, but uh, yeah, a couple of come from behind wins that have to pull the team through. Uh, hit a couple of shots to win it, but uh, nice. I did not call myself Young Kobe. I'm saying growing up. <laughs> <laughs> gyms and places I would play at, they would always somehow come back. Oh, that's that's the right, Kobe. It was you <laughs> only have. A, you've mentioned this on Twitter, and you only have 140 <laughs> characters to work with. So you made the choice to bring up how they would call you, Young Kobe. Ultimately, that's you calling yourself. Well, young Kobe. not really. You're putting it, it out. I, there. I was just. We was, never would have known if you didn't put it out. Because that was preceded by the fact of me saying Young Kobe <laughs> is the only Kobe Bryant I'm a fan of. So I just wanted to. to to, to give context of why I have that connection somewhat. Right. Real quick, go Daniel Jeremiah on us. Scout Dan's play. Who would you compare him to? <laughs> uh, I said this last week on Twitter, actually. Dan has a little, you know, has a little J to him. You know, has a little J, but he hugs the ball a bit much when he catches it. You know, sometimes you want to pass it and go. He's more like Carmelo Anthony type. <laughs> mm. Volume <he> shooter. Catch- <laughs> Dan compared himself to Arvita Sabonis, which I really liked. (laughs) I was playing less than 100%. I didn't like that that was the first time TD saw me. I have a bad left knee because my my career is winding down. When I look at Dan, I see a Kevin McHale gone to seed. (laughs) An old Brad Miller. (laughs) I like all. These are all great. This is great analysis. I'll tell you this, though. Dan does not like to lose. That's good. He doesn't like to lose. That's That's great. You know, you can see. We played a game of horse afterwards. We actually played a game of ATL. ATL, we called it. Yeah, we called it ATL, <laughs> and we went down to the wire. I ended up winning again. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Yeah, however, no. though, Dan was, you know, he did not like to lose. So. Are you allowed to set up your own drops? Yeah, yeah that's, that's like pretty done. That's well done. Um, yeah, all right. So, yes, good job on the victory, TD. I, it should be noted that I dropped a hook on him, that he had a match just to stay alive in the, in the battle before we moved on. But um, good job by you, buddy. We're going to do some news, but we're going to do a little special bit of news because we're going to get 
Ross Tucker on the phone. Of course, Ross Tucker, um, former NFL player, now works for NBC Sports Network, does a bunch of other stuff, has the Ross Tucker football podcast. A lot of stuff going on with Ross. We've had him on the show before. So we're going to get him on the line, and he's going to do news with us. So why don't we do some news? We all we got! We all we need! We all we got! We all we need! We all we got! We all we need! Training camp is back, guys. Yeah, Teams get are getting up. in the huddle. Teams mm-hmm. are ready to go. My man Richard Sherman right there on the call. All right. I like it. Speaking of on the call. Ross Tucker, are you there, buddy? I am. There he is. Ross Tucker, of course, as we said, he has his own podcast, which is called the what? The Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Makes I'm, sense. I'm, I'm good at football. I'm, I'm talking about football. I'm just not really that imaginative, unfortunately. <laughs> That's quite all right. We uh, would love to have you back. This is the second time Ross has been on the show. And we were thinking, Ross, because we value you as a football mind, we were going to go through our headlines and just do some NFL news, and we we're going to get you in the mix and, you know, take part in the headlines with us today. How's that sound? Let's do it. It's like I'm a regular uh, NFL around the league writer right now. This is it's getting real. Well, we're looking for someone, Ross. So you never know. You know. Hey, let I, me I know. Think you're I'm, too, I'm, <laughs> I'm open right now. You're too expensive for us, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's start in Buffalo, where uh, over the weekend Marcel Darius, who's had a pretty discouraging off season, was placed in the non-football injury list because uh, he failed his conditioning test. Uh, we learned. Um, that, yes, he failed the conditioning test. That's why he's not there. And Doug Marone, obviously the Bills coach, not happy about it. Here's a quote from Doug. He needs to focus on getting himself ready. You don't have to read very hard between the lines to see that the Bills can't be very happy with a guy that made strides last season, of course, but now is obviously in a tenuous spot with his team. There's no question. And let's, let's, I know everybody's talking about E.J. Manuel and the offense, but they've lost the best guy they had at the second and third levels of the defense. I mean, Alonzo tore his ACL. He's out for the year. Jarius Burton went to New Orleans in free agency. You guys already know that. But they also brought in Jim Schwartz, who, quite frankly, I don't think is as good of a defensive coach mm. as Mike Pettin was. And we only know one thing for sure about Jim Schwartz's defenses, which is he basically bases the entire thing on the D-line, right? I mean, he basically says, I'm going to have a beastly D-line. They're going to dominate, and we'll get it done with the other guys. This is a problem. I mean, this guy, you mentioned the offseason he's had. He's had some issues with being overweight. He's very inconsistent. He makes a bunch of splash plays, but he's very inconsistent in the run game. And this, to me, as if the drag racing and the possession of a controlled substance and being benched for parts of the last two games last year, as if that's not enough of a red flag, failing a conditioning test is just Hmm. crazy to me. I've seen it happen, and, and you're either lazy or you're careless or you're both. I mean, any, any guy that takes the job seriously and cares about it, he's going to pass those things. There's a bunch of different ones. I mean, there's shuttles, there's, um, you know, 72 yards, what we used to do in Buffalo. But whatever they are, they're designed to be difficult but so that most guys make it. Like, they don't want guys not practicing. I mean, they, they want the guys to practice. It really is just for the guys that are totally out of shape so that they can point them out. The fact that he is in that list is highly disconcerting and just really sad to think about how close this guy is to a big second contract going into year four and the mess of an offseason he's had. 
So you didn't fail any conditioning tests, Ross? No, and, and Craig, I'm not exactly <laughs> Come on, Ross, be over here. Dan failed his last week. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> you did? No. We Let's showed see. up. We each had to make a three-point basket. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know. We None of us are in Greg great is telling condition. Lies. I'm just making things up. No. No, but seriously, guys, I think the fastest 40 time I ever ran was a 5'4". Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and Darius was 4'9 at the combine in the 40. So for him to not be able to pass a conditioning test, I mean, we could say that this means nothing and he'll be ready to go week one. And I'm sure he'll be out there week one. But it certainly makes you wonder. Well, I don't know if he'll be out there because what's hanging over him still is two arrests from the offseason. It's a little unclear if the NFL is considering suspending him, but it wouldn't be that big of a surprise considering he was arrested twice uh, that they consider you know, taking him out of the mix for the first game or two. And you mentioned, uh, as you said, the Bills count so much on that defensive line. It's a great one on paper, uh, but it wouldn't shock me if he's out of the mix the first few weeks of the season. The- In fairness, though, which one of us hasn't ever gone drag racing, gotten in an accident, <laughs> left the scene of the crime? That's, mean, come on. No, it's point. good to bring that up because that point. applies to all of us. The, <laughs> the NFL is taking a break from the Big Apple. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell said Thursday that the league has narrowed down its 2015 NFL draft options to Los Angeles and Chicago. The event has been held in New York City every year since 1965 and has been at Radio City Music Hall since 2006. What do we think about this, gentlemen? What's amazing to me is nobody cares. Really? <laughs> I, I talk to all my listeners on Sirius XM NFL Radio. Nobody cares. Nice they play. all watch it on TV anyway. There is a small group of people that fly to go to it. I don't really understand that, but they do. This is something that the NFL is going to make money from and good for them, I guess. I actually hope it's in L.A. because I just want to see the amount of buzz that it would generate and how much excitement there would be in L.A. I know it maybe wouldn't be a great indication of the readiness for an NFL franchise there, but if there's no buzz and it's totally dead, I think that would certainly hurt L.A.'s chances. I think that having been there uh, at Radio City this past May, obviously this was a little bit of a different draft because of the big names and Manziel and all that, but it, you, I got the distinct feeling, having been at three of these now, that it's starting to outgrow Radio City, and Radio City and, and the NFL seem to not be on the same page with this. It makes sense that it would move to a different venue. The thing that I find interesting, I guess, is, is people that cover the draft closely, is that they're going to move it to four days, it sounds like, instead of three. And it's just the NFL is going to make this a bigger event. So get ready for the NFL draft to uh, become an even bigger part of the league calendar. I, I think what they're trying to do here. And I think they want to be able to identify who the real sickos are (laughs) and and the people that are there on day four. They want to be able to point those people out, either to make sure, like, we're all aware of them, we have a list of who these people are, or to try to just milk those people for every dollar, knowing how crazy they really are. You you asked what the excitement level would be in Los Angeles. I'm sure they'll manage to fill up whatever venue they choose – and they'll get some big football fans that'll make some noise or whatever. But the overall excitement level in Los Angeles, I can give you a preview. It's not going to be very high. I mean, I live here. You know, we all live here. And I feel like the sports culture in general makes a pretty low dent on the overall population. And that even goes to, like, there's just a Stanley Cup team that won the, you know, won it all. And the Lakers. Of course, people are into the big teams. But compared to the cities like Chicago or New York or Boston, it's just... It's not even close. If if you had planned to take your child 
to a Giants game this year to say, hey, this is your chance to see Chris Snee play, it's not going to happen anymore. <laughs> Chris Snee uh, announced his retirement Monday. And as, as I make that joke, I feel weird because I feel like Ross Tucker might get mad that I'm disrespecting an offensive lineman. <laughs> Are things weird, Ross, the way I've started this new segment? <laughs> no, I understand. People don't go to the game to see an offensive lineman. Right. I get it. But there were a bunch of years when the Giants were really good on offense, in large part because the offensive line group that I even wrote this on Twitter, um, which is at Ross Tucker NFL. Bang. I'd blood. say since, since 2000, I think that the, the old line the Giants had from like 06 to 2009, maybe 2010, that was my favorite offensive line. I mean, deal at left tackle, Soybert at left guard, O'Hara at center, Snee at right guard, Kareem McKenzie at right tackle. You know, not a first rounder in the bunch, a couple of free agents. And Lunch pail, guys. They were awesome. I mean, there was a couple of years there where they were the best O-line in football. Jacobs Bradshaw would dominate. Eli would get sacked like eight times a year. And what's awesome about that is I don't know that any of those guys, none of them are Hall of Fame type guys. And, you know, a couple of them went to a couple of Pro Bowls, but I actually think that that was as much a result of the unit success as anything, those guys, to me, kind of embodied what the offensive line's about, mm-hmm. which is it's not about one dude. It's about five guys working together. They really liked each other. They got along. They hung out. They spent years together. And all those things, for whatever reason, go a long way towards success in that group. Yeah, and O'Hara actually just tweeted out a photo of the five of them walking through this like sunlit field together. So... Maybe a little more legendary than we're giving them credit for. But, you know, for you, because you played the line, you know what it's like, I guess, at the end of your career to have uh, accumulated various nicks and surgeries. And for, for the amount of pain that these guys deal with, and Snee, obviously, surgery was an issue for him. Can you enlighten the listener that's never stepped on the field what that's like? Well, I think this is a smart decision by Chris. I can tell you, I mean, he's 32. He's played a lot. You know what the problem is? Every guy knows that when you're playing that you're doing damage to your body. But when you're 28, nobody, you're not able to know what, how you're going to feel when you're 38 or 48 or 58 or 68. I mean, you hear things and you, and you think about it, but you don't know for sure. I mean, right now, as I'm talking to you guys, my back from the surgery I had in Buffalo flared up this month. Hmm. And so I've got a lumbar pillow in my back right now so I can sit down and talk to you guys. It's just, and a lot of guys tell you it's about five to ten years when you're done that these things crop up. And the fact that he said that his elbow was hurting him, even just trying to punch guys in OTAs, that to me is a red flag. That's probably something he'll have an issue with forever. And that's the mindset you don't get till late in your NFL career. High school, college, like, oh, I tore my MCL, okay, I'm out six weeks. You don't think about the fact that, you know what, like, I'm not a machine. That doesn't mean it's going to be healthy and feel good for the rest of my life. And I have things crop up all the time. I mean, I get, like, I get a massage. I mean, rough life, right? I get a massage <laughs> when, I at the, when I was at the Rookie Symposium, and she did so with my foot. And, like, my, my turf toe on my right big toe from Buffalo in 04 flared up, and I, like, screamed. I'm like, ah! I'm like, oh, nothing, just turf toe back in 2004. I felt like I was, like, a soldier, like, back in Nam. Yeah, you know, like, turf toe, turf 04. Toe back in 2004 in Buffalo. This is when I remind you that Greg Rosenthal, to my right, has never 
been to a gym. He's acknowledged <laughs> to us. Fun fact. <laughs> well, I said lifting weights. I've been inside. But he has been. He has been what? to spas and massages. Two, <laughs> two quick thoughts on Christie. You mentioned none of these guys were Hall of Famers in that line. That's true. Snee might have a chance at a Ring of Honor in New York. He was almost definitely the best offensive lineman on two Super Bowl champion teams. And then second, yeah, he's he's hardcore. He's always known as a tough player. How tough do you got to be to walk into the Giants' locker room as the father of Tom Coughlin's grandchild? You're not married. I don't want to get too deep into it, but Coughlin no, and Snee have talked about it openly. It's that complex. you know, it wasn't. It's a complex situation. It wasn't something that was planned and that they wanted. Now he's got three grandchildren. He's married. He's in the family. You got to be tough to walk into that locker room. Yeah. That situation. I watch out. I, mean, that, I would have been like, no, any team but Tom Coughlin's And, yeah, team. Tom Coughlin of all people. And, by the way, Chris Snee will be inducted, included in the New York Giants' ring of honor. Ah, uh, get notice. excited about that. And Ross Tucker is in the ATL ring of honor, which uh, must be a very high honor for you, <laughs> Ross. Congratulations, and thank you for coming on. So let's see. Let's see. You got, let's get these plugs in because Ross got so many things going on. At Russ Tucker. NFL, you have the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, and you're on about 17,000 other channels. Is that correct? Yeah, don't worry about them. Don't worry about the other channels. The only thing I care about these days are Twitter and my podcast. I got a new one starting, by the way, a fantasy podcast. I'm going – it's called the Fantasy Feast. I'm going all in on fantasy. You know why? I miss having a stake in, like, what's going on. I go to these (laughs) games on Sunday that I'm broadcasting, and I really just want to make sure it doesn't go to overtime so I can catch my flight back home. I need something where I really care about the outcome. So I'm going all in on fantasy football this year as well. Well, you got the right guy with you, Evan Silva, uh, who I worked with a long time at Road World. He is the very best. So uh, I'm going to be listening to that. I don't know anything anymore. Yeah, he's a real sicko. He's one of those people that would sit there on day four of the draft. Oh, he's one of those guys. Uh, all right, Russ Tucker, thank you very much for joining us. And uh, we will be listening to your podcast. And we hope to hear you again on ours. My pleasure. You guys do an awesome job with the podcast, and I am all over the blog every day, every morning. Excellent. You guys are like one of my one of my two or three go tos for all my information. So thanks for what you guys do. So I can just read your three paragraph things and, and have totally <laughs> knowledge of everything that just happened. Excellent. Thanks, Russ. Take care. That was the main reason we had him on just now was to for that last. I'm liking seconds. it more and more by the minute. That's how you get to the Ring of Honor for ATLs. You just shower us with compliments. Yeah, endless accolades about our work, both online and on the cast, who else, can get you who, very far. Who else would be in the Ring of Honor? K. Rich, uh, of course, the gold standard. Gold standard. A lot of pressure on TD because really, it's kind of like being a commissioner always makes the Hall of Fame. It's like if you're the producer, you're you're kind of supposed to make the right. Ring of Honor. Which, by the way, guys, shout out to the gold standard. It's his birthday today. It is. Ah. Yeah, happy birthday. Nice. 19 years old, 19 years young. <laughs> if, right only, on. but, yeah. if only he Beautiful cared enough boy. about football to listen to this uh, podcast, <laughs> he would hear it. Uh, we miss you, buddy. miss you every day. Uh, gentlemen, we roll on. We're going to talk about teams. Roll it right along. Yeah. Here. Uh, we're going to talk about teams. This was uh, one of the uh, features, daily features on NFL.com. It's called the Instant Debate, where they throw out topics, and then we all chime in with our opinions. One last week that – got us thinking and thought, oh, we should talk about this on the podcast. Who is the one NFL team right now, or multiple NFL teams, that you can't really make sense of? Hmm. Now, this is hard for me because I immediately can size up a team and know exactly how they'll do. (laughs) 
in Precisely. July. I mean, that's one of my gifts or whatever. But I'll also at the same time, I'll, I'll try to bring myself down and try to figure out how other people would think. So let's go around the table and we'll share <laughs> one or two, perhaps different teams we can't figure out. And uh, and Mark Cecil, we're, we're going to start with you. You are the sizzler. All right, thank you, Dan, number one, for indulging us, Greg and I, and the rest of the population. You got it, buddy. I, I didn't even have to get out of the letter A to get my team. The Atlanta Falcons. I didn't think uh, of doing this alphabetically. Well, that's how I operate, <laughs> systematically. And robot. Atlanta, a team that, you know, two years removed from being a couple plays away from the Super Bowl. Yeah. Then, bang, last season – you know, I think that's too much is made of the the heights that they fell because when you take Julio Jones out of that pass offense and they got racked with injuries, Roddy White wasn't healthy, they don't have a great running game, and so it, they were exposed entirely. But then still, you have Matt Ryan. Julio Jones is healthy again. There's questions on defense, but there always have been. I, I just think that people aren't, are, have overlooked the Falcons because of a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately scenario. You, you know why that is, though? Because none of us ever really bought into the Falcons mm-hmm. as being one of those top four or five teams. So it was kind of like last year when the bottom fell out. It almost was confirming everything we thought. Not that they should be that bad, but, oh, they were never really that top two or three team. And I, and I agree. That's why it's such a good choice is – they could do anything, and it wouldn't really surprise me that bad. They could be mediocre again, which would be interesting to see how that shook out, or they could win that division again. And in that division, you know, when they were dominant for, you know, in terms of regular season win total, we now Carolina's not necessarily a team they were last season, but they're a tough defense to deal with, and Tampa's beefed up, and the Saints look outstanding, so that adds more complexity. Carolina's an interesting team, too, to go down that road if you wanted to. Some of them might be tough to figure out. Uh, Greg Rosenthal, give us one. Well, I'm going to go with the team that has the toughest player in the NFL to figure out, and I've said this before. That's Robert Griffin III, and to me, the Redskins are going to go as he goes. In a lousy NFC East, we've been saying this now for a couple years, and it keeps being true. It's not a great division. I mean, the Redskins have a shot to have a really explosive offense and compete to win. But they still have Jim Hazlitt as their defensive coordinator. It's a lot of changes on offense. None of us are really sure if RG3 is at the level of, let's say, Luck and Russell Wilson or if he's going to be well below that. Like, nothing with this team would really surprise me. So I'm probably going to pick them to be mediocre or sub-mediocre, but it wouldn't stun me if they go out there and play really well. They have enough talent to do it. I think, yeah, I think that you're right. And the division is what makes it wide open. And uh, I'll get into my team, which is a bit of a tease for that. But, yeah, I think RG3 is extremely hard to figure out. Like, who is this guy? Is he going to be 2012, 2013, or something in between? If he's something in between, let's say that. Let's say he doesn't get all the way back to what he was as a rookie. Would that be enough for this team to, you know, win nine or ten games, get to the playoffs? Or does he have to be that guy? I think he has to be special because the defense, if it does well – is going to be a little better than average. I don't think you can even hope to have a top 10 defense there. So I think they can win based on Griffin and Deshaun Jackson and Garcon. I mean, it really struck me when I was doing the best wide receiver rankings how I had Garcon very high up and Deshaun Jackson, I think, right near him. I mean, that's as good a starting combo. And you have Andre Roberts. I mean, you got a lot of people. There is talent. One quick thing on them that concerns me more than maybe where RG3 is physically or what everything else 
Jay Gruden, I just I went back last night on, on NFL Network. They had a Bengals game from last season. I just am not into Jay Gruden, the play caller. Mm. And I would say that Kyle Shanahan was the perfect coordinator for RG3 because he was willing to completely blow up the machine and design an entire offense around the skills of his players. Is Gruden going to do that? We don't know. I, he's got better players to work with, which helps a lot, at least at quarterback. I mean, all this talk, I think, is getting to Griffin, too. He had some quotes today. He Someone asked him, you know, what he would say to, you know, the first-year version of uh, Griffin, and he gave himself a new nickname. He said, if, if I could go back and talk to Kid Rob, let's say, I would tell him basically never Kid let, Rock? Kid Rob. Oh. That, that's Griffin two years ago, Kid Rob. Oh. So he's come up with a past tense third-person nickname, which I like. <laughs> that's creative. That's weird. If I could go back and talk to Kid Rob, let's say, I would tell him basically never let them steal your joy, man. Never let anyone or anything steal your joy or the joy of your teammates for this beautiful game. Mm, what would you name I, the young uh, Don't Dan steal Hansis. my joy. I won't steal it. Only uh, if I, I could I go couldn't back even begin to figure it out. To talk to a young Kobe. <laughs> young Kobe. <laughs> let him know how he would one day be ridiculed for being called young Kobe. But <laughs> And if I could go back in time and talk to a young kid rock – I would tell him to not even <laughs> attempt to become the next generation's Bob Seger because right. it would be a huge embarrassment. Don't abandon that day. Wait, you, once, you were on a stage with a, a little person rapping you're a white dude Wait. from Detroit, and now you're trying to pretend like you're a heartland rocker. I would go back in time and tell him to leave that career left turn in the back. Oh, I see. I couldn't disagree more. Kid Rock went about as far joke. as you can go with as little amount of talent as possible. He maxed out. And then he kept on coming at us, <laughs> and he won't leave us alone. <laughs> anyway. Not to be proud of. Uh, moving forward. So, yes, I said there's an NFC East team that I can't figure out, and that is the New York Giants. Ooh, that's a good pick. And I will also say that, Greg, you I think you opened up your uh, Redskins rant there with saying that RG3 is the hardest guy to figure out right now. I think Eli Manning has been that guy for almost uh, 12 years or so now, and I don't think anything changes. If, if nothing else, I think he's even harder to figure out coming into this season after what was, you know, easily the worst season of his career since he really, you know, was grew up from being a kid. And I think that, you know, they have a new offensive coordinator, which they needed. I think McAdoo was the right, right time to get Gilbride out of there. They invested in a Odell Beckham in the first round, which they needed to do, get a weapon in there to replace Knicks. You know, we were just talking about the offensive line which uh, doesn't get stronger with Chris Snee out of the uh, picture. And the defense, I think, is going to be better, with especially in the secondary with the, the, the additions they made there. So I think in a weak division with a two-time Super Bowl-winning quarterback coming off a terrible season with a, a, a roster that, in my mind, has improved, and we also learned that David Wilson uh, is has been cleared, so maybe he could be an X factor on that offense. I think the Giants. I wouldn't be surprised if they won eleven and five. Mm. I would not be surprised if they won five and eleven. It's really about what happens with Eli. And, and the it's offense. the perfect team to say that about because the two times that we've seen him win the Super Bowl with the Eli Coughlin connection, totally out of the blue campaigns where they weren't the dominant team going into the playoffs, and then bang, they have. You know, whenever you have a, a quarterback like Eli Manning, he can completely mess things up as he did last season, but he can also go on a major role. Do they have the defense to go on a major role? I think is the question because that's, that's what question. that's what's similar about their two Super Bowl teams. You know, the offense was a little up and down. The running game wasn't really there the second time, uh, but they had the pass rushers. I don't I don't know if they have them now. That back end of the defense though is something to watch. They you know I think there's a lot of pieces there, and and right. I think with Prince there also he's now become a guy. I just call him Prince. 
at this point. I like that. Mostly because his last name is hard to pronounce for me. Amukamara. Yeah, Amukamara. <laughs> but I think he's a guy that's gotten better, and you add those additions with him, I think that's a potentially um, one of the better secondaries in the NFC. So the New York Giants is my pick. We got another one? I'm, I'm going to get creative. Do it. I'm going to throw out a division. Here's I thought you were going to like make up a team so uh, you're being creative. That would be fun. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the names of the teams in any given Sunday. <laughs> the Miami Sharks. <laughs> Big bounce back season. How about the AFC North as a division? All of these teams, Oofa. you could, if you kind of catch them on the right day and you're in a certain mood and you squint real hard when you look at Game Rewind, you could say, ooh, this team could be 12-4. and four. I like the young pieces they've added in this. And then if you look at them a different way, they've all got problems. The Ravens, the Steelers, I think you can make a strong case either way. The Browns look frisky. The Bengals, I'm not really buying. They're, it's a whole division. So it's my division that I can't figure out. And that, Anything, and, nothing would surprise me. Yeah, and every year inside that division, a couple things happen that throw it all on its ass. And it's like, uh, you know, Pittsburgh to me on paper, right now, I would say Pittsburgh is the team I would I would – Anchor too. Cincinnati, you could say they have more talent, but I don't buy it because of what's happening at quarterback. I hear you, and I agree. Mark and yet, hates Andy Dalton, by the way. I, <laughs> like I you're don't, basically two no, no, steps no. away from John Malkovich no, in the line of fire. Here's what I don't like. When an organization <laughs> says, and they actually haven't said this because he has not signed a new deal, we're satisfied with a totally average performer at the most important position in sports. Oofa. I hear you, by the way, on the Steelers, and I agree with you that on paper they're looking the friskiest. But wasn't it just in February or March when we were doing the roster resets and we're doing the pr- predictions for the draft that we were like, man, this team has more holes in it than they have in 10 years. They're kind of one of those teams that the offseason has a rhythm to it. It's like they've gotten a lot of momentum during the offseason. And even though I do like them, there's a lot of questions. I, a just, lot of new players. I don't want to gamble against Big Ben, the guy, I mean, of, of any quarterback in that division. Sounds like Mark is thinking team of ATL. <laughs> I, am, Steelers. I am not thinking that necessarily, but I am willing to acknowledge that they're much more interesting than they have been of late. And not to go into some, you know, Mike Florio indulgence, but the, your point, uh, Greg, about the AFC North, the Seinfeld episode, the Two-Face. <laughs> oh, I was wondering where you were going with the Florio bit. Uh, makes sense now. Okay. That guy loves Seinfeld references uh, in 2014. But the Two-Face <laughs> episode where you can't tell if the girl is hot or not depending on the mm. light of the room, that's the AFC North. I like that. There you go. See? <laughs> I'm basically a PFT writer now. Get excited, folks. Uh, all right. You comfortable with that line of that's, that analogy? Sounds good. Greg, I like it. Former writer. Uh, okay. What do we we want to throw out any other teams? Well, I said I didn't get out of the A's. Wow, you're still in the A's. I'm still in the A's. Arizona to me because there's a lot to like. I lo- the way they finished last season, no one wanted to deal with them. But let's remember, you have Carson Palmer at quarterback who has the he could do he can throw the ball anywhere in the field if he wants to potentially. He can also completely self-destruct at any moment and we may not we may see a, a younger quarterback in there before the year ends. They lost Daryl Washington for the season. I, I just think that there's uh, a lot of, you know, X factors and, and pieces here that we get to see how they come together. But I, I love Bruce stink. Arians. Really? I don't I think, think they're going to be 6-10. and 10. I think they're going to be the most, you I'm know, confounding 9-7 and seven yeah. or 8-8 eight and eight team in the league. I, th- I think they could be. I think that's a tough division. I thought they overperformed a little bit last year. I think they're going to come down. It's a tough division to go uh, above 500. I, I'm declaring Mark the winner. I think the Cardinals, that's the best answer. 
I like it. And that's your potential. Because six and team ten sounds sounds good, and yet there's a little part of me that thinks like, would it be that crazy if the Cardinals made the Super Bowl? Ooh, yeah. Congratulations, Ooh, Mark. Yeah. Hey, you won. When the boss declares you the winner, you just seal it up and go home. You're the winner, but you can't go home. Who is the artist, the recording artist there? Uh, I should know this. It's definitely DJ, DJ Khaled. Okay. And he just talks, and he's a DJ, so a bunch of other people on track that I can't recall. Lil Wayne was probably on there. It's Drake such a was great, probably on it's there. It's such a great song because there's no hidden levels to it. Yeah. It's just straight up. <laughs> Zero nuance. I am the best, and yeah. you know you cannot defeat me because yeah. all I do is win, win, win. And it's fitting that you chose that as your basketball song. <laughs> You're a man of great confidence. We wouldn't know. Weren't there to see it. Next time, you guys are both invited. But, you know, when you come on the hard court, you got to be ready to perform. Listen, yeah, it's it's a, pick up the phone first. How about that? <laughs> All right, before, before we do that, let's pick up the phone. Nailed it. And get Chris Wessling on the line, who, of course, is uh, the man that we miss. Another, another guy you didn't call to see if he wanted to play basketball. Yes, I said, Chris, do you want to get on your private jet from Cincinnati and join us? Another guy whose season totally unpredictable upcoming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Wes is a year-by-year talent. We, we keep on signing Wes to one-year $25 million deals. He's definitely, like late period Jordan. he's definitely the RG3 of the Around the League group. <laughs> Can we get the man on the phone? Mr. Chris Wessling, are you there? I am. There he is. All right. Oh, what a hey, clean, buddy. what a clean landline. Oh, yeah, that's a, is that a landline you're on, buddy? No, it's a cell. Uh, oh well. How how's Cincinnati? Let's start right there. Let's just get into the personal aspect of things. Oh, I've been having a great time. I've Luke. been out every single night with family or friends, just enjoying <laughs> it. Just got uh, went down to the softball park with my old buddies from a team I played on for 15 years last night. Had a great time. Chris Wessling, actually in Tybee, his number is retired in a bar for softball. So this must be some – what a Hall of Fame career you've had. That may not be because of softball. <laughs> <laughs> Your accent seems to be accentuated when you're on the road. That's one thing I've noticed. Mm. It's, it comes out even even more strong. Very observant by you. I think that's <laughs> correct. Uh, all right, so we're going to – let's just catch up with a couple things. Number one, uh, your thoughts on the career arc of Kid Rock. Uh, he was always terrible. He's yeah. probably more terrible now than ever. Yes. See, nailed it. Good answer. Wesley nailed it. See, we've missed you, Wes. I miss your voice, by the way. Thanks. I, I, I miss you so much. I'm wearing your uh, little sweatshirt here just because I want uh, your, your aroma. Or as Mark calls it, a peacoat. Well, I, I was calling it a petticoat, and I learned that that is a dress from, like, the mid-century. So. <laughs> it's a blue fleece jacket that was described as a purple sweatshirt on the does, does it smell like Wes? Yeah, a little bit. All right, so Chris Wesseling. Like softball and Jack Daniels. <laughs> that about covers it. Uh, we, wanted to, we just wanted to check in with you on a couple uh, football topics uh, because it's always good to have – the man's insight. And I just want to start, since you're in Cincinnati and you're doing a lot of time, I assume, at watering holes with your 17,000 brothers, did you happen to be in uh, Nashville in the past week at any point? I did not punch Zach Mettenberger. (laughs) (laughs) Very good, very good. Yeah, that's apparently like you're a man, you've been around fights and bars. The dialogue, which is great, Zach Mettenberger, of course, the Titans draft pick goes sucker punched at a as Sessler puts it in his uh, ATL post, a Nashville saloon on Saturday. A saloon called Losers, by the way. 
which is terrible. Can't, I can't decide if that's the greatest name or the worst name ever. It's yeah. I'm going to losers. <laughs> hey, mom, Nancy I just opened a, a new very... business called Losers. You are a Nancy factory. Nancy a very cool city. I don't know how many losers there are there. Mm. Uh, um, yeah, so yeah, this this basically is a situation. I'll read the line. <laughs> this is the tavern owner, Steve Ford. Here's the truth. A guy said something about roll tide to Zach, and Zach turned around and said, good luck with that. And the guy's <laughs> buddy then sucker punched Zach. Does that sound like a familiar life experience at all, Wes? I believe I've heard the phrase roll tide at least a thousand times in my life, and probably half of those times a fight ensued sometime afterwards. And the guy <laughs> – Grow up, college football fans, all right? Yeah, yeah the guy who on. sucker punched Bettenberger punched him, and then he ran out of the bar. Fled right? the bar. Ah, <laughs> uh, cowardice. High-level cowardice. Wait, Wes, when, when I called you to see if you'd be interested in um, – Joining us at, here at NFL.com, weren't you at the time considering moving to Nashville? Am I rem- remembering that correctly? No, I was not considering. What well, was it? I think, uh, that was your first choice before West. I think Wilmington, North Carolina. No, he was going to move somewhere. Come on. Wilmington, the, the site of uh, Dawson's Creek. Is that also why? Also Michael, J- Michael Jordan's hometown. Uh, very good. Uh, <laughs> all right. Hey, by the way, we wanted to throw some NFL news by you. David Wilson, your boy. <laughs> Famously, we're going to say Chris Wessling's boy has been fully cleared uh, by the New York Giants, as we mentioned earlier. And I just want to, because we wanted to touch base with Wes on this, because I want to mention something that a line Wes used in a Making the Leap story from last year, just to give you an idea of how excited Wes is about David Wilson at one point. I don't know if he still feels that way. And this was the line that started Wes's ATL Making the Leap post from last summer. Outside of Adrian Peterson and C.J. Spiller, there might not be a more dynamic athlete at running back in the NFL. Now he's back on the field. Should we be excited about David Wilson, Chris Wesley? I think we, yeah, we can be excited. I think he's a much better talent than Rashad Jennings, but the Giants believe that Jennings is more suited to the uh, lead back role because his body can handle it, and Wilson probably can't. But I think. Um, he has the ability to get hot, and I think we'll see about 10 carries a game and some kickoff returns. He got everyone excited with that preseason long touchdown against the Jets. Remember that? It was yeah. like 89 oh, yeah. yards, oh, yeah. and then everyone was like, ooh. He went from people were thinking of him as a breakout to people started taking him in the third round of I'm fantasy. Pre- I, third round, it's funny you said that. I'm pretty certain Allison Bree, Mark and I's fantasy team last season, Spent a third-round pick Oof. on David Wilson. Well, we did. We did. And it exploded Paid in our face, it. Unabomber style. Not good. Wesleyan, you're I'll on. i the blame for that. Wesleyan, when you <laughs> made the comments about uh, Wilson being, you know, an athlete up there with Spiller and Peterson, this was before uh, Willis McGahee got back in the league. Did you? Would you <laughs> abridge those comments after he had returned? That's a fair nowhere. But I would say maybe Kristen Michael is up there. Ooh, mm, interesting. Ooh, Another making the leap candidate. Uh, Wes, before before we let you go, we talked we talked about the team in the NFL that was the hardest to figure this season, and I, I chose the Redskins. I threw out the entire AFC North. What is the team to you that is is the most unpredictable this year? I think you nailed it with the Redskins. Wow. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. They could they could be the biggest surprise or the biggest disappointment of the NFL. I found it interesting that Greg chose to only bring up his choices for disappointment. <laughs> to lead to lead the answer. Look, I was looking for a different answer. Well, Shake listen, it up. Who knows what would have happened if you would have heard Mark's choice, which was. I don't remember the, anymore. The I went, Brown? No, I went down the road of Atlanta 
and Arizona. And I went with the New York Giants. Uh, but you believe the I Redskins. Think, I think the Falcons are a good one, too. I, I see them bouncing back, but I don't know if their defense is good enough to win more than 10 games. Let's circle back one more time, and then I'll give you mine, the New York Giants. Did you like that one too, Wes? The, the Giants don't exist in my world. I know. Wes hates the Giants. I knew I wasn't going to get a support. You know what else does not exist? I was on IM, which is uh, a messaging, messaging yeah. technical uh, tool got for it, people. On the, I don't know. I don't, I don't know who's listening to this. So Wesley and I are on it you know, before the sun rises, and he is stationed at someone's house where the Today Show is on in the background. You think I don't like the view? This guy just went off on the Today Show for about 25 straight minutes. My, I loved it. My mother-in-law is a um, a big, avid fan of the fourth hour of the show in which Hoda and Kathy guzzle wine at 10 a.m. in Midtown Manhattan and talk about Brad Pitt's beard. Which you find out was a Saturday Night Live skit that was accurate. That's yeah. what scared me. I know this is old news, like a decade old, but Al Roker looks laughable. He looks like an 11-year-old. That's weird. He's like 70. Uh, this right. show has gone off the rails like a Kathy Lee and Hoda episode Wes, right now. this is the only thing I'm going to say. I want you to stay sentient, stay alive, and get back to California so you can, again, grace us with your presence. I will. I'm, I plan on doing that. I'll be back next Sunday night, I guess. We'll see you next week, Wes. I'd like uh, I'd like to dispel the rumors that uh, there's a contract dispute going on, and that's why I'm not in L.A. <laughs> yeah, got some tweets on that. Yeah, I did some heat online. We're looking for a new writer. It's not to replace Wes. Let's just make that very clear. Wes is still gainfully employed by NFL Media Properties. Thanks, Wes, for clearing that up. All right, boys. See you, Wes. <laughs> See you. <laughs> I like Wes seeing those tweets and maybe even for a split second wondering if there's something going on. <laughs> uh, all right. So we will be back on Wednesday with another episode of the Around the League podcast. Uh, so get excited. We're going to uh, – oh, we have any guests? Oh, we I have a special lined up. I think we got our big up. NFC training camp preview. So popular, people were asking when it was coming this week. It's coming Wednesday. Who asked? Who, who's Just one guy, oh, okay. Peter Schrager. But That's it, people. You That's know, a person. It's a guy, he's on TV, too. He's a guy he's on television, Sports so one. you should believe him. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so we're going to talk about that on Wednesday and all the other NFL news and other stuff. It's going to be a fun show. So uh, signing off, this is Dan Hansis for The Mailman. No, not The Mailman. Hang on. Yeah, he was here. Yeah, okay. For The Mailman <laughs> and The Sizzler. And the boss, and of course, Tate Date. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Until <laughs> Wednesday. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. 
Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Fuma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.